There you go. We're live. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you How both? Are you yeah, all good, thanks, Stephen. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Nigel, how's the Chief Soup people today? I was a little bit shy there. I was a little bit shy. Um, I'm doing well, thank you. Very well. I've never, know, I've never ever known Mr. Risner to be shy or be the second person to speak. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I don't know what I don't know what you I don't know what you fed him before this. I didn't know we were neighbours, Stephen. Who knew? We could have done this in your house today. We, we could we could have done definitely. You're li literally two or three miles away. Um, so I'm going to come off. I'm just going to shout from my window, Stephen. <laughs> Nigel, Nigel, I can hear you. Thank you. <laughs> So thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. I'm really you grateful. Like I've been a massive fan of your podcast, um, Best Year Starts Here, and I've listened to all 102 episodes. I'm very, I'm looking forward to number 103 because you're talking about my favourite C word. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Uh, no, no, you've, 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 changed, you've changed it now. No, we, no, we won't have changed it, so it will be whatever we said, but I can't remember. I mean, we, we, the way we record our podcast, we do like, you know, anything between probably five and 10 episodes at a time. So, you know, by the time people are listening to it, it's it can be a month or more from when we've recorded it. So on that basis, I, I'll be really honest and say that unless I listen to it myself, I don't know what we said this week. You mean, and after two brain aneurysms, I can't remember what we said when we were doing it. So there's no <laughs> it's true. It's true. Fine. Well, I'm incredibly grateful for your time. Um, Nigel, I remember seeing you 25 years ago. Um, I'm going to be 23. I started 23 years ago doing my first Academy Chief Execs presentation, literally this week, 23 years ago. Well, congratulations. Okay, so maybe 23 years ago. What's a, a couple of years between friends, eh? Well, you're much older than me. To me, it makes a lot of difference. <laughs> Well, actually, on your podcast, you shared your age this week, so I'm slightly younger than you, but thank you. I really? That makes it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 58 and very happy being 58. Good. And I'm 52 and very happy looking 45. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you said it because I wasn't going there at all. But, yes, it's your podcast we, you, and we'll share whatever. But it was. It was 22 years ago that I worked with a session which you were in. Yeah. Um, I bet you still can't remember how to do the nine dots exercise. No, so you're going to show everybody now. Well, no, I'm not going to show you, but it's interesting that your C word that you yes. spoke about is yes. exactly the problem for people who are on furlough, that if you're not consistent in your learning, that all the learning that's been done in the past, and this is the serious part of me, so, you know, the exercise that I shared, and the words that I would have used, Steve, was, the only way you'll remember this exercise if you do it a minimum of six times. And Stephen, you've proved the point that you saw it in 1998. You thought I was the best speaker you've ever heard. And you've done sweet FA about it ever since. Yeah, you were in 1998. Yes, I know. But here's the point. <laughs> yeah, you've seen me since then, right? I, I, got, I, I heard it, Neil. <laughs> but, but, no, but seriously, for people who are listening to this today, all training and learning is nearly a waste of time unless you are consistent in doing the stuff on a day-by-day -day basis, week-by-week -week basis, month-by-month -month basis. And what happens is every month, Stephen, you know, when you're part of the Academy of Chief Execs or Vistage, that you have a phenomenal speaker speak, and you go, this is brilliant. You'd write lots and lots of notes, put them on the shelves, and that's called shelf development. 
What you've got to do is be consistent and think, this was a clever concept. And the nine dots has been around for thousands of years. You know, we know you've got to think outside the box. But because you didn't practice it, you even spoke about this before we came live. And you went, I can't remember. And I went, I know you can't remember because how many times have you done it since then? And that blank look of yours of 52 years, you turned about 80 when I asked you the question. Well, I've no idea. So seriously, for people who are listening to this, if they want to get better, any pre-program you've done of this or the podcast that I do with Neil, go back to some of the basic stuff. Peter Thompson, who's a great speaker, has a great line. He says, forward to basics. So, you know, what did you learn in the very beginning, you know, when you became an estate agent or you became a, a an accounts clerk was, you know, turn up, smile, dress smartly. Last week, as you mentioned, Stephen, was my brother's uh, wedding. 60 years old, got married for the first time. And I did a post on LinkedIn uh, showing me in my three-piece suit. How many views do you think I've got of the article? Bearing in mind, it was a picture of me in a business suit just saying, occasionally look better than you normally do. How many views do you think I got? 15,000. Yeah, I mean, you're not uh, just shy of 15,000. If I write a sh an article, seven tips for enhancing your business, you get eight uh, You get eight views. Yeah. That idea of going back to basics is what people have got to learn. Neil, for many years, has shared, you know, done beats perfect. Do something than trying to be phenomenal. Be yeah. consistent in being something. One of the big things for me on that is it's like, it's not about what you learn. It's about what you implement. You know, any, any one of us can read a thousand books. Any one of us can watch, you know, hours and hours of, of uh, YouTube videos or go to seminar after seminar every other weekend. You know, I mean, for me, one of the things that I found when I speak at events and when I've run events is there's a difference between kind of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. Right. As in, there's the people that actually do the thing and there's the people that want to do the thing, but never get off their backside and actually take any kind of uh, any kind of action. And if you get information on its own without any implementation, you're just wasting your time. You combine well, the two things. But Neil, it's not like you're wasting your time. What is it? You've got this massive overload of stuff. Yeah. And, and you're not point. using it. Yeah. OK, so yeah, here's you're, you're not using it. It, it almost right, makes so it you're, work. You're going to ask a question here. Let, let, yeah, let, go, let go for it. Go okay. Okay. Well, firstly, I'm going to give you some love. Zoe, love you, boys. No, Zoe Bywater. Bedford. Of course we do. How is yeah. Bedford? We love How you too, Bedford? Zoe. Yeah, and her colleague, Dean. Afternoon, looking forward to this one. And Andrea um, from Scotland. So thanks very much for joining. <laughs> so implementation and accountability. Okay. Yeah. How? Why? How do you do it? How, right, do you get, how can you get people to um, implement stuff and then how can people become how do you hold them accountable and what consequences should there be so can i start with that word you've used about three times in that last sentence how yeah because I, I just want to break that word down okay if i if i can break down the word how for you which in, incidentally it's um an anagram of who so whether you look at it as how do you do something or whether you look at it as who do you need to be because for me it's much more about who do i need to become rather than how do i do something but there are three letters in that word and I can take it from either angle. And because you said how a couple of times, I'll use that one. OK, so let's start with the H. The H is really, really simple. Honesty. 
like rigorous, brutal, like disgustingly clear honesty with yourself. Not necessarily with anybody else, right? I don't care if you lie through your teeth to other people, if you're being honest with yourself about where you are, how you're feeling and what's going on in your life right now. Because no change ever happens until you're honest about where you are. You know, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like getting a map, you know, and you've got on this map. Well, I mean, an example I've given a bunch of times in training sessions and things is imagine for a minute I said to you on my kitchen counter right now, there is a hold all that's got, I don't know, 500 grand in cash in it. And if you can get to my house, it's yours. OK, right. now, you know, most people go, OK, well, where does he live? What's the destination? Where How do I get right? Is it? But now imagine I blindfold you. I drop you out of a helicopter in the middle of the jungle and you have no idea where you are. Even if you've got something that tells you where I live, is it any good to you? No, because you don't know where you're starting from. Yeah. So the two things you need to know on any kind of map is where am I and where do I want to get to, not just where do I want to get to? And so many people focus on like what outcomes they want to achieve and what goals they want to create and what their vision is and what their mission is. And they fail to notice where am I starting from? You know, as much as I love Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, I actually think somebody should write a book called Start With Where, because it's like, where are you and how do you move forward from that point? So that's the first bit. It's, that's the honesty. The second bit, open mindedness. Open mindedness, because I guarantee you the path you think you need to take on your journey is not the one you're actually going to take. You know, if you'd asked anybody five years ago, where do you see yourself in five years time? They would not have described 2020. It would not have happened. Right? Nobody saw this year coming in the way that it's in the way that it's come around. Nobody. You know, and I think if we look at, you know, take the example of like a road journey, you know, you've got your map and you, you set off or you've got your sat nav programmed or whatever. How many times do you get in your car and you find that actually, you know, especially on a long journey, you get stuck behind an accident or you get stuck behind a learner driver or there's some kind of road work, some kind of diversion, whatever. Do you give up and go, no, all right, I'm just going to go home now? Or do you go, no, 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 I set out on this on this journey. I've got a clear destination in mind. I want to get there. But it just turns out I've got to take a slightly different route and it's maybe going to take a little bit longer. And I maybe have to use a different set of transport to the one that I plan to use. Right. Maybe I need to use some different tools. The open mindedness is about it's not about changing your outcome. It's not about changing your goal. It's not about changing what you're trying to create. It's about being open to different ways of getting there. Because the way you think you're supposed to get there and the way that you actually get there might not be the same. And so many people get so wedded to the journey and how they think the journey is supposed to be that they completely miss a destination. Whereas if you get wedded to the destination and you go, I don't care how I get there. I just yeah. want to get there. Then yeah. you're much more likely to actually get to that end point. And then the other bit, the W, is about being willing. Because it's one thing to be honest about where you are and to be open-minded, say, I'm going to try, you know, I need to try all these different things. But you've actually got to be willing to show up and play your part, which that goes back to the consistency thing that we were talking about before we even started this. Because yeah. what am I willing to consistently commit to? What am I prepared to get up and do every single day to move myself forward to where I want to be? You know, and it might be as simple as, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to read 10 pages of a book every single day. I'm going to make sure I move my body for 45 minutes every single day. I'm going to eat certain things every single day. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to meditate every day. I'm going to find time to be grateful every day. Like whatever it is, all of those things will contribute to the outcome you're trying to create. And the big thing for me is, as I mentioned before, it's not so much how, it's who. Who do I need to become? 
Like the person that I actually want to be is the person that creates the outcomes I actually want to have. So how do I become that person? That's it. Right. And that's about like, what are my behaviors that I can do consistently? What are my habits, my rituals, my routines, the things I'm going to do over and over and over and over and over again, because they're going to move me closer to what I want. And I kind of took over this whole live stream for a minute then. So I apologize for that. Yeah, it's the first and last time, but I enjoyed watching it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And let's just welcome a few more people. So Jen, thanks for joining us. Tom, um, have a pleasure of seeing Nigel and Neil a couple of years ago. Both are brilliant speakers. Great stuff, guys. Thank afternoon, you. Ashley from Birmingham. Afternoon, Hat. Afternoon, Hayley. We've got loads of fans. Give them some likes and shares and hugs and kisses virtually. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, Nigel, what have you got to add then? I can't remember what the question was. It went on. Neither, neither, neither can I. <laughs> it was something about what and who and account. It was accountability in that one. Yeah, accountability and implementation. Okay, so let's do accountability because then I can take the piss out of Neil. Okay. If you want to get to your goal, there's a phrase that says you have to do it by yourself and you can't do it alone. The problem is you've got to have what's called a mastermind team or a support team. It's very difficult, especially for people who are on furlough or people who are working on their own. So, Stephen, you know, you're a consultant in North London on your own. There are times where you need support from another person or a group of people yes. to support you in your goals and dreams. And it's very easy to say, I'm going to do something and then not do it because no one knows. So I'm back on my diet program, which is a consistent thing for me. And so I need to have a support team. So I've just enlisted another coach because it's obvious I'm not doing it on my own. Now, you'd think I've written books about it. I've written about goal setting. I've written about weight. So I know all this stuff. But unless you have an accountability partner or partners or a mastermind team. So I belong to something called Top Gun Speakers. There are four other phenomenal speakers in my group. I belong to something called Elevate, where there's eight speakers. And I belong to something called Consortium, which is a worldwide speaker group. But they don't support me enough in my weight because evidently, look at this, I've put on weight. So I've got to enlist another group of people to support me in my weight management program. And very often what happens, especially now more than ever, is that you can be locked away, be on Zoom, and, you know, be on you know, live yard, stream yard, somebody yard, backyard, garden yard, whatever these programs are. And, and we think that's support. It's not support enough. So for everyone who's listening to this, find two or three people who you are willing to share what I call total truth. Neil and I, in some of our sessions, and sometimes in between our podcasts, do real total truth sharing where one of us wouldn't virtually be in tears. And a couple of episodes ago, he was in tears only because we went to another level in communication. So, Stephen, write down TTTTF for me, okay? Because when you get to this place, when you work with a group, your life will change, which is tell the total truth faster. And you'll only tell the total truth faster when you have a really cool accountability mastermind team. So Zoe, who's listening to this, who's a friend of ours, will know that the reason she's so successful within property market and everything else is that she's got a great support system. And when she was looking to get on the board, she reached out to a few of us. Well, you can only do that if you're willing to share total truth. Most people don't. What they say is, I'd like to lose some weight. Well, I don't know what that looks like. 
what are you willing to commit? So when Neil and I do our next set of podcasts, I'm going to have to get on the scales in public and say I've put on probably a stone from the wedding, which was last year. I'm not proud of it, but obviously I don't care enough unless my mastermind team come and tell me, look, you fat git. You said you've got health issues. Obviously not enough. Why should we support you? If you don't look after yourself, why should we look after you? So, Stephen, you know you're on your own in North London. Neil's in Cheltenham or the middle of Wales or somewhere on his own. I'm sorry. <laughs> As a threesome, if we wanted to support each other and go live every single week and you put your numbers up or I put my weight up, that's real accountability. What will happen is next week I'll find a phenomenal excuse not to come on because I don't want to show my numbers. And that's what happens. So when you were part of the Academy or Vistage, you had a chair, and I know who your chair was in Ian, yeah. who hammered you because you committed to do things. And then what happens is people don't not commit to their goals. They're just not committed to their commitments. So I often tell people, I'm not worried about your consistency or commitment. I'm worried about how committed you are to your commitments. Okay, so how do you get people? How do you get people, firstly, to want to do it, and then to commit to that change? I'll answer just three words: Con consequences, consequences, consequences. Okay. See, even if I said to you, if by next week you haven't cleared up that rubbish behind you on that shelf, okay, if that was the big thing you wanted to do, you need to give me a million pounds to a charity. Would you do it? Of course I would. Well, there you go. So if there's a big enough consequence, you will. Obviously, there's not a big enough consequence in most people's lives not to reach their goal. So, you know, I've got these chocolate buttons in front of me, okay? I really want to eat them. And when I finish that... You've got your Diet Cokes. No, 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 no. I've got this bar of chocolate, okay? It's still not open. I've still not opened it, okay? For a million pounds, if you said to me, you'll give me a million pounds if I don't open this bar of chocolate for another year, do you think I'd take it up? I think you like your chocolate and your Diet Coke too much. No, no <laughs> but for a million pounds, I would. But at the moment, I was offering you anything. I think you'd buy another bar. You'd leave that one and you'd buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, oh, no, just like to be fair, though, not that you'd need to buy any. I've been in your house. I've seen how much chocolate you have. Hold on, hold on. You mean the empty packet that goes with this one? Yeah. No, but that's the problem. I swear to God, for everyone who's listening, think about a live consequence for not doing your goal or for reaching your goal. Unless there's a consequence in place, most of us, not all, I'm going to say most of us, will give up too easily. Okay. So one, so of the things, one of the things I'm a big fan of public accountability for, and I mean, probably the best example I can give for this is, Back in 2012, it was uh, July, I think, of 2012. I'd been away on a, a like a course one weekend, and I'd met someone that was training for Ironman. And I, I looked at this woman, and she looked normal. And she talked about Ironman. I was like, what is it? And she described this thing and said, you know, it's a two-and-a-half-mile open water swim followed by a 112-mile bike ride followed by a full 26.2-mile marathon. And I was like, okay, but how many days? And she's like, no, no, if you don't finish in 17 hours, you didn't finish, right? And I'm like hang on a minute, but you look normal. And I just couldn't quite get my head around the fact that she was training to do this thing. And I'd always had this inkling to do a half marathon. And so I went home after that weekend and I went online and I found one and I signed up. 
I say half marathon, it was actually a 10 mile race. So it was close. It wasn't quite 13.1, but it was close. And I put it all over Facebook that I was going to go and run this thing. And, you know, who wants to sponsor me? And I'm doing it for charity. And I hadn't done a single mile of training. Now, the next day, I got you know an old pair of trainers out and a pair of shorts out. And I went to try and go for a run and it nearly killed me. And I did less than a mile. And I thought, what the hell have you done, Neil? I mean, I was sweating like I walked out of the shower. You know, I was breathing like Darth Vader. It was not a pretty sight at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, but because I've made that public commitment and people had already started sponsoring me, I wasn't prepared to back Neil, stop there. The minute they started sponsoring you, and it was now on public record. That's my that point. That's my point. I couldn't back down, right? And so as much as it hurt with the training, I kept going. And actually, by race day, I found it fairly easy. But that was because I'd put months of training in because I'd committed myself completely and told everyone I'm doing this. And I'm one of these stubborn buggers that when I say I'm doing something, you know, I, I don't want to lose face by then turning around and saying, no, actually, I didn't do it. See, Stephen, if you've got every single person who was listening to this live presentation right now to publicly put on the comment section one goal they'd like to achieve, and then you you ask them, do you want Neil and do you want Neil and Nigel to support you? But we are going to set a consequence. I promise you, lives would change in five seconds. Imagine, Stephen, I said to you, your goal, you know, your goal is to do X. And you said, no problem at all. And I said, the consequence is you've got to wear a pair of Speedos in North London on your next stream, your live yard presentation. And if you don't commit to it, that's what you've got to do. I'm telling you now, you'd probably do it because most of us are not going to want to look that vulnerable. Again. Sorry? Again. Again. In your case, you probably enjoy that. <laughs> but for most people, Right now, if people wrote down in the comment section the goal they want to achieve and then said, look, I want either Steve and Nigel or Neil to support me, we'll do it. But remember, there's going to be a consequence. And have you seen the film Taken, Stephen? I have indeed. Yeah. Well, I know where you live and Good. I will find you. Fantastic. But you Good. see, that, that idea of when Liam Neeson says that is the point that I make with anybody I'm coaching. Don't set a goal unless there's a big enough consequence. Okay, so bringing it back to agency or business. Yeah. Okay, so let's say, you know, most estate agents will set their team's targets. I want you to do X amount of lets. I want you to do X amount of sales. Um, I want you to make X amount of calls to do prospecting, whatever it is. Or, you know, let's take videos, because I know you're a massive fan on, on videos. And, you know, I know the importance of videos. And they say, right, I'm going to do a video a day and that video doesn't get done for a day a week however long um who comes up with the consequences both both people both, both. Both, both people so you know it's no use you saying to me look you know i'd say to you steve because i know you're relatively successful i want from you tomorrow twenty thousand pounds to let's do brain trust because i've had two brain aneurysms so we're going to do my charity choice so twenty thousand pounds if you don't commit to x there's days to be saying five million because I mean I know you're successful, Stephen, but, but you probably don't have five million cash you could give to. I'm being serious. You probably don't have five million cash. So that's just a stupid consequence. But I think you could probably find ten thousand pounds. Okay, that would hurt you and your family. Does that make sense? Yes. I don't want to do fifty pounds 
Because, you know, for 50 pounds, I'll eat my bar of chocolate and give you the 50 quid right now. No, no, seriously, because I enjoy the chocolate more than 50 pounds. But I'm not yeah. going to give you 10,000 pounds tomorrow if I eat the bar of chocolate. Okay, but I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. So I'm a member of staff and you say, right, if you don't do your videos a day, you've got to give me a thousand pounds. No, no, I'd say to you, are, do, are you committed to doing it? You see, okay. if they're not committed to doing it, then it doesn't matter what the consequences. So, Stephen, mm -hmm. let's do a challenge, you and I, right now, okay? Tell me something you've been putting off for more than 21 days. Let's do this live. Uh... I love silence. I can tell. No, I, it's it's different because my circumstances. My wife's not very well, so I've been putting off loads of things because my focus is totally on my wife. No, no, and no. I, and, and, and as we as we speak, she's having a blood transfusion. So my focus is very much with my family rather than on on doing on doing it can be, it can be anything I don't, it doesn't matter what it is okay so let's just say um read i want to read um aladdin factor okay so that's a book that i suggested okay which is exceptional thank you okay. what's the consequence if you don't do it by within three weeks finish the books it's not that long a book but I'm going to give you a bit of extra time because you've got family commitments. And notice what I'm saying here. I'm not asking you to read the book in the next hour because you've got stuff going on. I've spoken about my brain energy. I'm going through a massive iron transfusion program. So I can't do a marathon over the next couple of weeks. I literally don't have the energy. But I could eat less chocolate starting right now. So there's a difference between pushing somebody. So Neil's used to doing ultra marathons, whatever. I physically can't you've got commitments to your wife is that fair Stephen that is fair yes but there are you know but if it was chocolate or it's to start reading the book over the next 24 hours could you read 10 pages of the book yes right what's the consequence if you don't a thousand pounds to the brain charity right there you go so it's an agreed commitment I didn't say 50 million because that's ridiculous and I didn't say the whole book and I think that's where people get confused on goal setting so it's got to be specific. So can I quickly tell you my goal setting method to help you? Can. So my goal setting method, it's got to be specific. Okay, yeah. which is the S. The M has got to be motivational. So there's a motive to reading the book. Would you agree, Stephen? There is. It's got to be attainable in your mind's eye. You've got to be able to see it. Happen. The idea of reading 700 chapters of War and Peace, you, you're never going to be able to do it. And you've got stuff to do with your wife and family. It's got to be relevant. So it's not relevant for you in the next four weeks to be training for the London Marathon. Is that fair? That is fair, yeah. Might be for Neil, but it isn't for you. That's what it's I'm saying. It's not for me. It's my injury, but, you know. You know what I'm getting at? Neil, it could yeah. be for him, but it's not for you. And it's got to be, it's got to be trackable by at least you, and I'm, and I'm being naughty here, because I was trying to go online to see how many people are watching. But it's got to be trackable by at least five people. Does that make yeah, sense? All right. We got more yeah. than five. Right. But that's smart. But I want to make it smarter. Yeah. It's got to be enjoyable. Okay. If it's not enjoyable, there's a good chance you're never going to do it. And then there has to be a reward in place. So if you read the 10 pages, 
in your case, you can have a small bar of chocolate. You can then have a glass of whiskey or whatever it is that you want as a reward. I like watches, okay? So when I wrote my last book, I bought myself a newer Bell watch, okay? That was my reward. Normally, it would be I'd eat chocolate, but I'm trying to be healthy again. Does that make sense? It is. If everyone who's listening to this makes a commitment to the group and then looks at the smarter method and then finds a consequence, and a thousand pounds, because I'm going to ring you up tomorrow, Stephen, just so you know. And since you're close enough, I'm going to knock on your door. You can. If you, got the, if you haven't got it done by then, I'm going to take the thousand pounds and physically donate it to the Brain Trust from your, your bank account because I know where you live. Good. And I know where you live too. Exactly. But here's my point. We've made an agreement publicly and it's not ridiculously stupid. That's why I'm saying if a boss, a leader with a member of staff set a commitment and it's what I call relevant, I think that's okay. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. Thank you. Too often people go, I want you to read two, four books by the end of the week. That might be okay if you're furloughed and you've got nothing else to do in your whole life and you've got no commitments, no hospital appointments, no visits, no support. You know, Neil's got a couple of kids and if his younger daughter needs support and, you know, the idea has got to pick her up from school. And I say, no, for the next four days, you've got to produce videos. Either he's going to be resentful and he might do it, but then he has issues on the other side. So you've got to think holistically as a whole, where do you want to be? What support do I need? But you've got family, you've got commitments. My father is 88. He's buying a house. I need to support him over the next three weeks. So as much as I want to do certain things, I've got to go to Surrey where my father lives and he's, thank God, moving to North London. But there's a lot involved in an 88-year-old moving house. Including some interesting photos that you find in his house, right? Exactly right. If you look at it. The hair. But what I'm saying is, Stephen, for everyone who's listening who might be on furlough, who might be going on to furlough, be kind to yourself and don't overstretch yourself to the point where you know you're never going to be able to do it. And then what happens is you go into guilt mode or negative self-talk. Because negative self-talk is a killer for people. You know, I should have done this. I can't believe I haven't done it. I must be stupid. And then we go into a downward spiral of eating chocolate, in my case. It's a very easy place to go. And do you know one of the reasons why I eat chocolate? Because it never rejects me. It's a really comfort place to go. And then do you know what happens when I feel sick? I, I tell myself how silly I am. And the way to deal with it is eat more chocolate. <laughs> so if you're into alcohol, you're into drugs, you're into chocolate, you're into whatever it is, we often punish ourselves with a thing that we shouldn't be doing. Okay, so being resilient, mindset, getting, your, you're getting yourself in the right frame of mind. Best way of doing that, you know, it is hard at the moment. Um, you know, I'm sure we've heard every word under the sun that we're not going to repeat about 2020. Um, you know, how can you stay resilient um, with everything that's being thrown at us at the moment? I think that, I think there's a few things on that. I mean, I, I think part of it is actually self-care. It's looking after your yourself so that you can show up better for other people. And the answer to that is going to be different for every single person watching this as to what their priorities are for self-care. 
But, you know, for me, it is things like actually moving my physical body. It is what am I putting in my mouth? And that doesn't mean that I never eat crap. It just means that, like, I, I eat for health more than I eat for entertainment, if that makes sense. Um, it's making sure I'm hydrated. It's making sure that I'm, you know, talking about reading there. I, I always read every single day. Now, it might be I read 10 pages. It might be I read half a book. It depends on what's going on in my life and what I'm doing on that particular day. But I made a commitment to myself years ago to to read, you know, and so I read on a daily basis. Um, I write stuff on a daily basis, most of which probably never gets published, but it actually helps me with who I am and what's going on in my own head. You know, I've got a bunch of things that are, for want of a better description of routine, that I do on a daily basis. And I think having some of that structure and some of that routine is part of what makes a big difference. You know, if you're furloughed, it's very, very easy to get up in the morning before you even have a shower, turn the TV on, get into some kind of like box set on Netflix or Amazon Prime and still be there at four o'clock in the afternoon, by which point you're going, is it actually worth me having a shower and getting dressed because it's getting dark again already? You know, there is that possibility, right? Um, or you can get up in the morning and go, right, what, what's my routine for today? You know, what's my things I'm going to do today? I mean, there's, there's a friend of mine in, in the States who's incredibly successful and has coached some amazing people. And he insists on having a written down morning routine. So regardless of what's going on in his life, he, he has a piece of paper in the morning that he ticks boxes for his like 10 things that he's going to do every day to kickstart his day. And he talks about that taking away decision fatigue. Because Neil, I don't have to think about what I'm going to do in the morning, you know. Neil, can I add something to that? So when Go people do lists, when people do lists, have you ever done a list, Stephen, of things to do? Yes. Okay, so let me it's in front. It's in front of me now for after right. I finish your podcast. Okay, well let me help you, Stephen. What's number one on your list, Stephen? Go public. Okay. Thank you cards to Neil and Nigel. Okay. What's number two on the list? It is to download it to YouTube. Okay, when you've done number one and you've written a bigger card to me than to Neil, do I need it? Okay, cross out number one. Sorry, cross out number, cross that out and yeah. make number two number one. Yeah. Only work on number one. That's all you do. Because it's going to be much easier to go to number seven, which is, you know, have lunch with the wife or do whatever, because that's an easier one to do. Work on your number one only when you do lists of things. And have a smaller list. You know, when we would have a list of 10 or 20 things, number 18 never gets done. I mean, just, so, you know. So the same friend that I was talking about with the, the structured morning routine with the list, he talks about having to-do lists and to-die lists. As in, if you've got something on your to-do list that is like number 18, it's probably going to be something that you die before you ever do it. So don't put it on the to-do list, put it on a to-die list because it's going to die when you do because you'll never have got the damn thing done anyway. Okay, so we've got, we've got somebody here that's actually um, committed. So my goal is to organise for a team effort within my workplace for creating a daily video throughout the next four weeks of lockdown, presenting 28 days of happiness, which is a follow-on from when uh, we did 100 days of happiness, um, which occurred in the original lockdown um, by our company. A consequence would be great to give that extra motivation to complete this. Okay, so when are they starting? Do they say they're starting the next day or two? Okay, Dean, so um, do you want to share when you're starting? Um, so okay, can you make a suggestion as a consequence? Okay, you ready? Yeah. Is this an estate agent who's written on this? Is that, are they estate agents? It is. She, um, he, Dean works with Zoe, and by the looks okay. of things... Okay, um, this is perfect for Zoe. Well. This. 
a naked calendar for 2021, <laughs> okay? And on, and the brief is we have nothing to hide in Bedford, okay? That's the consequence for not doing it. Okay, so Dean, Zoe, Jen. So, Stephen, here's the point. They yeah. can easily do this, okay? Okay? And if they're not willing to do what I've just asked, they're not serious about their, their commitment. Because this isn't about something outrageous. This is saying we're going to commit to it. Otherwise, that's the consequence. Mm. And we've got nothing to hide. We're, we're one of the best agents in Bedford. Let's put it out there. Okay, Zoe, Jen, Dean, um, do we have your commitment? Otherwise, don't set it. <laughs> so um, you may be able, you can see the comments on the right-hand side coming in. I can't see comments. Oh, hold, hold on. I've okay. just pressed, I've just so, pressed the button. So, um, Jen, um, Dean, what have you just done? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jen, if Jen is listening to this, uh, Dean has committed to it. Um, Zoe has said yes. Well, that is a sight that I want to see, if nothing <laughs> else. Uh, but no, but seriously, that's the point. of uh, It's been set. Round of applause, please. <laughs> See, here's the point. That's the classic thing. Okay, and I'll, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I've just seen that. People <laughs> here's the point. I will give £100 to charity when they've completed it as another incentive, okay? So choose a charity, Stephen. That, that you agree with Zoe on, and I'll give £100 to charity if I see the 28th video. So Hi, Sharon. Thanks for joining us. You've missed a lot of fun and <laughs> and loads of great content. It's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> but here's the point. That's how easy it is to set a goal, commit to doing something, and everyone benefits. So the team are going to be doing 28 days of fun, Clients and landlords and applicants are going to see it. A charity is now going to benefit because I'm adding some incentive. And the consequence isn't that bad. It's a naked calendar for 2021. Okay. How bad can that be? But here's the point. If they're not willing to accept the consequence, they're not serious to do it. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. So you both are award-winning speakers. You've traveled around the world. I'm sure you've come across some exceptional some exceptional speakers, obviously by yourselves, not included in this. So who's your who's your favourites and what have you taken away? And what have you implemented and done? Okay, so and I'll give you one of mine. So he's a, a South African speaker called Steph Duplessis, who talks about authentic leadership. And he is my go-to person for realizing what authentic authenticity really is. He is a phenomenal parent, a phenomenal leader, phenomenal speaker, and he talks about the subjects of unwritten ground rules. So most estate agents have a set of ground rules, but he and Steve Simpson, based in Australia, came up with this concept of UGRs, which are one of the things that get in the way, and they're unwritten ground rules, okay? The other phenomenal speaker for me is a guy called Jeff Ram, who I do some work with, who talks about celebrity service. And this is key, especially in a state agency, because if someone like George Clooney or Brad Pitt came into your office to look for a house, how would you raise your game? And that gap between where you are and what you're going to go to is what he calls the celebrity gap. And I promise you, his, uh, Billy Connolly's greatest line is, the Queen thinks everything smells of fresh paint. You know, your offices would be spruced up. 
your dress code will be spruced up. You'd be taken by literally a Bentley to go and see the new property. You'd be escorted round. You'd be shown, you'd be served tea in a China cup, not some mug that's in the back office that's got the name Charlie on it. You'd, you'd actually have a proper mug, but it'd be a cup and saucer. There'd be biscuits, not just from Aldi, but probably from Marks and Spencer's. And it's that slight gap, and it's not massive, that makes the difference. So Steph about authenticity and what real leadership looks like, and Jeff about celebrity service, how to raise your game in everything that you do. So, you know, Neil was looking the best he can, but, you know, I'm wearing a nice shirt, a clean jumper. I've got trousers on. Just for a podcast, in theory, in theory, no one can see. My shoes are polished because it makes a difference in the way I feel when I speak. Neil has a much more casual feel because that's just him. But for yep. me, I don't feel comfortable. That's just me saying, you know. But, so that they're my two speakers. Neil? Thank you. So, I mean, for me, there's – I was thinking about this while you were talking, and there's, there's a few – there's a few different people that jumped into my head. Um, I'm going to go for one that's a, maybe a more obvious one first, um, and that's Brene Brown, because um, okay. I absolutely love everything she does. So I, I love her as a speaker, but I love her as an author, and I just think her work is incredible. Um, you know, anyone that's not familiar with Brene Brown, she is a guilt and shame researcher. She speaks about guilt and shame. And in particular, in amongst that, she talks about the difference between guilt and shame. And, you know, so many people get held back by shame, where actually, if they had feelings of guilt, it might move them forward. And let me explain what I mean. Let me explain what I mean by that. Um, shame is about you as a person. It's, it's part of your identity. It's I'm ashamed of me. Guilt is I had a behavior that I shouldn't have had and I don't want to have it again. So if we can have guilt, that can actually be an empowering thing because we can feel guilty for something we did. And that can be the motivation to not do that thing anymore. Whereas Don't shame. Let me read her book. OK. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's way more to it than that. But, you know, but shame is much more of a, um, you know, it's something about us as a person. And it's and it's learning those differences in detail and how to actually differentiate them as we go through things. So, I mean, that, that's the first one I'd mention. Um, I think. And, her, and just for the record, her 20-minute YouTube video is in the top 10 watched videos. Ten, it's worth watching her yeah, yeah. as a talk. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, and there's, uh, a, there's a longer version of it on um, Netflix, Netflix now because she did a, she did a present a speech for them. So they made a documentary out of her and stuff. I mean, you know, yeah, her, her stuff is, is phenomenal. Um, I think the other person I'll mention, and I, I was having an R in as to who, who to who to give you on this. The other person I think I'll mention because he gave a keynote presentation at an event I was at in the US two years ago now that completely blew me away. As in, in fact, it might even be three. Yeah, it was three years ago. It was 2018, early 2018. It completely blew me away because it was almost theatrical in its delivery. OK, and when I say that, he literally started with like a single spotlight on him sat on a chair in the middle of the stage. And it was like a scene from a stage play that ended up turning into a really motivational, you know, high content presentation. There's a guy Tell called us, Garrett. You're, you're dragging this out, Neil. Tell us. We're all dying. There's a, a guy called Garrett J. White, um, who you may or may not have heard of, but he's the founder of something called Wake Up Warrior which is it's almost like a sort of military boot camp style style thing for primarily for men. I mean, they have now got a version for women, but it started solely for men. 
um, to effectively get in tune with what it means to be a man in today's world and how to show up in your in your business, how to look after your body, how to, you know, show up best in your relationships, all of that kind of stuff. But it's it's kind of a, his program is like an all encompassing thing. Now, I've not gone through his whole program, but I've seen him speak three, four times. I've read a couple of his books. And as a as a person on stage that can kind of command the presence of an audience, the guy is absolutely phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal um, and has a lot of fairly simple strategies that you can. You know, again, I think one of the big things for me with any speaker is are you giving me something I can actually use? Are you teaching me something I can actually use? Are you encouraging me to actually use it? The one thing I don't like, you know, I mean, I've. I've done this, right, and, and a lot of speakers have done this, is done a presentation where one of the outcomes of that presentation is to get people to commit to doing more training with you or to doing a, you know, some kind of mentorship with you or whatever. I, I'm okay with people doing that when it genuinely helps the person that they're speaking to and they've already demonstrated their value. What I'm not cool with is when people go on stage and they hold most of it back, basically saying, hey, until you give me, you know, another 20 grand or something, I'm not actually going to tell you what the real secrets are. And so for me, you know, the, the speakers that engage me the most are the ones that actually stand up and have something powerful to say that I can take away and use right now, whether I give them my money or not. Brilliant. Look, I'm really grateful for your time. Can I ask you one both final question? Of course. Knowing what you know now, what would you what would you do differently um, if you were starting today? Starting what a business starting, from scratch? Starting business today, so something online that people could use when I'm not there. So we've just created something brand new, which is my Zookeeper rules for the office personality assessment. So I've created an online assessment tool, but and I'm hoping Neil he doesn't know this yet, so I'm just gonna upset him again like i always do neil is going to be creating with me an online animal zookeeper program that's going to go run over 12 weeks he just doesn't know it yet but he's we, we, we've, we've kind of talked about an idea of doing something we yeah, just haven't exactly, come up with it in the next two weeks uh, he just doesn't know the exact dates but neil is phenomenal at the technical side of things and i have no knowledge about any of this so i would have created more online products so I've written five books. I've got some videos online, but I don't have a really cool online course up until now because Neil is going to help me create it. I think, I think, I think my biggest thing would be um, to do the opposite of what most people tell you to do. As in growing up and going through school and all that kind of stuff, what's one of the things that we hear more than anything? It's like work on your weaknesses, you know, must try harder or oh, must do better in this subject, even though they're phenomenal in another one. Right. I think when it comes to doing your own thing, stepping out and going, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to start a business, understand what your strengths are and play to them. And then find other people that can plug your weaknesses for you. Don't spend all your efforts trying to get good at something you're not naturally good at. You know, there's, you know some, you there's, work stuff on your there's stuff Nigel sucks at. I mean, he just gave the example there of like anything technical, forget it. So what did he do? He said, well, you know, I really want to do this online course thing. I've been meaning to do it for a while rather than figuring it out myself. Neil doesn't know it yet, but he's going to be doing it with me. Right. That That's what you need to have the confidence to do is go, hey, look, this is what I'm great at. This is what I suck at. Who can help me with the things I suck at? I don't need to learn how to do every single thing myself. And I think so many 
small businesses and startups and, you know, even small businesses that have been running for 30 years, you'll get somebody that's at the head of that or that's in a significant role within that, that will learn about a new thing that they feel the business needs to do, but feel that they have to learn how to do it themselves, which is not always the case. Very often, it's much cheaper, quicker, easier just to find someone that's already got that expertise and, and hire them, you know, bring them in, whether that's bring them in to train your team or whether that's bring them in to actually do something for you, you know, and outsource it to them or whatever. It's like find find the people that already know how to do it and then model them and learn from them and let them help you um, because that will accelerate things way more. And if I, if I backtrack up to my own kind of business journey, I think one of the mistakes I made early on was thinking I had to do everything myself or I had to understand everything I was asking other people to do. You don't. You don't. You categorically you work on your weaknesses. Do you know what happens? You get strong weaknesses. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. You become mediocre at everything. Yeah. Find out what you're good at, get even better at. And if you're not good at something, find someone else to do it. Yep. So thank you for allowing Neil and I a chance to share with you some ideas. We look forward to working with you again because I think we're brilliant guests. I think we deserve to come back on again. You're very well. You're very welcome to. So thank you very much. How do people get hold of both of you then? And um, what are, what are the five books and the book that's going to be published very very soon? When's that coming out? Here you go, so, Neil. So, so I mean, in terms of my book, um, it, it should be finished. It's not quite is the truth. So it's I'm still working on it being available this side of Christmas. If it's not available this side of Christmas, something has gone horribly, horribly wrong because the manuscript is pretty much written. It's got an amazing foreword that's been written by somebody else that might be like next to me on the screen right now. Um, yeah, okay. it's, it, it's, it's, it's nearly there. It's nearly there. And that book is called Done Beats Perfect. It will be on Amazon and all the like all the normal kind of routes to market, um, which actually these days for books is pretty much Amazon. So, you know, that's going to be the, the, the prime focus for where you can get hold of that um but yeah sh should be out this side of christmas should be out this side of christmas in terms of getting hold of me social media i'm all over it so you know i'm sure by the time people are watching a replay of this you'll have tagged me in it anyway Stephen, for people to be able to find me so um yeah that's that's probably your best bet in terms of him five books that's one of them uh if you uh, we right. have a coming up then as well no just if people want to go on my website which is nigelrisen.com there's a a great quiz to do that's free if you want to go to the extended version there's a new personality assessment tool and obviously we're going to be back on your program very soon and they can see us then yeah obviously. and i guess the one other thing we should say obviously is the the thing that you mentioned right at the beginning which is our podcast your best year starts here which you know it's on itunes it's on spotify it's on um google Podcasts, like all, all the normal podcast places um there's 102 episodes there as of right now um and most of them are only about 12 minutes long so i actually had a client of mine recently that binge listened to every single episode in the space of about two weeks um, and, that's not, and that's not all they were doing, but like every time they had time where they were like, I don't know, cleaning the house or driving the kids to school or whatever, they were listening to this thing. So um, it's easy to catch up and we love reviews. So if you if you listen to our podcast and you love it, then um, yeah, drop us an iTunes review because uh, we like reading them. Good. And this podcast and this Lunchtime Learning is now a podcast as well. So please rate and review it as well. So thank cool. you very much. 
um really grateful for your time um learned so much you've shared so much thank you zoe's come up with a charity name as well um so really grateful for your time thanks very much for joining um both of us um i will send you the link um as well um so you've got it to share and um, I look forward to Michael Nettleton join me on Thursday. So everybody watching, whether now or on replay, thank you very much. Incredibly grateful. Thank you, Nigel. Thank you, Neil. And have a fantastic Tuesday afternoon. Thank you. Bye. See you soon. Bye.